Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Who here or at home is familiar with that great classic Tina Turner song from 1984, What's Love Got to Do With It? Anybody any familiar with that song? Oh, yeah, I love the chorus. Oh, what's love got to do, got to do with it? You know the video? You've probably seen it with the wig and she's walking down the street. What's love but a secondhand emotion? It's like, oh, yeah, that shaped my senior year of high school more than you can possibly know. And, and who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? So, of course, I wanted to open with that as we look at our final of our five core values here at Unity of Fairfax, love in action. It wouldn't be love in action without Tina Turner. So let's, let's, let's bring us up to speed. So last week, we looked at the core value of integrity. And many axioms explain uh, what integrity is, such as say what you mean and mean what you say, or as Dr. King once shared, the time is always right to do what is right. Now, as human beings, you may have discovered, being human beings yourselves, that it's not always easy to know exactly what's the right thing. Or if we do know, then we have to sometimes get our wayward and fragile egos to follow suit. And that doesn't always happen. But fortunately, if or when we do fail in our desire to maintain our integrity, there is a simple formula for addressing it. And that's simply this. Acknowledge the error of omission or commission. Make amends when it would to do so would not add further harm. And strive to do better. That's it. It's a simple formula. It's an all-you-got-to-do job. And, I, and when I worked in the motor shop when I was going through high school and college, we would have these jobs that we called the all-you-got-to-do jobs. These are the ones that took all day. So all you got to do is fix it. Yeah, so... So all you got to do, acknowledge the error, make amends, move forward. There you go. But in the world, there are many inducements, one might say temptations, that would lead us to sacrifice our integrity. Well, heck. But I take to heart the words of the great American hero, Frederick Douglass, who said, I would prefer to be true to myself, even at the hazard of incurring the ridicule of others, rather than to be false and incur my own abhorrence. Brilliant. Sometimes when you're maintaining the truth of who you are, you will go against the tide. You will feel like you're going upstream. We'll keep going. That's what the world needs as we co-create a world that works for everybody. So if you've missed any of the other talks in this series, because you were, those of you here were at home, or those of you who were at home were at home, uh, go to our website. They're all there. So anyway, let's get back to Tina Turner. So what's love, of course. So what's love got to do with it? Well, everything. So the byline for our core value of love in action says we actively express unconditional love in all that we think, say, and do. Well, okay, so back to Tina again. So who needs a heart 
when a heart can be broken. Because if you're giving all this unconditional love all over the place, you might get your heart broken. And chances are everybody in this room and everybody watching has had that experience maybe once. I hope you haven't, but it's entirely possible it could have happened. And how many of you have given your love and gotten not love in return? And is it realistic or even possible for an individual or an organization like Unity of Fairfax to actively express unconditional love in all we think, say, and do? So let me offer an alternative viewpoint. It's kind of like your get-out-of-jail-free card. Maybe hearts should be broken. Well, don't take that the wrong way. I mean, because it is kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? See, Tina addresses this. We're back to Tina. Tina addresses this from the song in the lyric, I've been thinking about my own protection. It scares me to feel this way. You know, we, we want to be guarded sometimes. Nobody wants to get their feelings hurt at all. That's crazy talk, right? But sometimes protecting ourselves from feeling and from our feelings gets in the way of manifesting our calling to be Spirit's divine inspiration in the world. We close ourselves off from the gifts we have to offer to the world, a world that needs us all to share our gifts. That's why we're here. A world that needs us all to fully express who we are so that we might create a world awakened to peace, abundance, and respect for all creation, as it says in our vision statement here at Unity of Fairfax. So here's the bottom line. Sometimes a broken heart becomes an open heart. Blogger Jamie Greenwood put it this way, and when she said, know this. A broken heart is an open heart. It is in the breaking, when our hearts are peeled back on themselves, that our truths have passage to come in and out. If we're lucky, our hearts will break over and over again to reveal new ways of being and thinking and loving. Each break allows our hearts to heal bigger than the time before. Yes, there's pain every time our hearts are cracked open, immeasurable at times. And with each break, with each sting of pain, our hearts are able to expand and strengthen in our capacity to love. There's a wonderful prayer that really speaks to this, and it's the prayer of St. Francis. I just want to take a look at that with you for a moment. The prayer opens like this. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Okay, let's stop for there. So what's implied in these statements is that the one making the prayer desires to have greater empathy. That is, desires to have a greater capacity to understand and experience what another is feeling or going through. 
And empathy is considered to be a tremendously powerful spiritual value. Doubt, despair, darkness, sadness. I believe everyone has probably felt these feelings. Any of you around last year? Okay, yeah, okay. So it's like the theme of 2020. It's like, yeah, all right. Uh, they're relatively common, right? But I'd like to lean into hatred and injury for a moment. For these two experiences are actually two-sided. There isn't hatred without a hater and hated. And there is an injury without an injured and the one who causes the injury, right? So we know stories, and we've heard them all, about people who've been hated or injured or outcast or bullied. Or we've heard about the geniuses and the artists and the iconoclasts that nobody understands and they kind of get derision directed towards them. You know, I think about characters such as Quasimodo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame or even Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was bullied. Let's call it what it was. Or think about any other typical high school program, such as Revenge of the Nerds, take it as from a nerd. Or you think about artists like Van Gogh, or the, who, who wasn't understood in his time, and we remember the victims of racially-based uh, crimes in this country. Or, or we think about people like Albert Einstein, who was brilliant but kicked out of school because he was considered stupid. Or the great scientist Stephen Hawking, whose mind had to overcome his body. And I think, too, of people like great spiritual leaders like, like Jesus or the Dalai Lama who faced and overcame and or didn't violence and death threats. But to be an instrument of peace, how willing is each one of us willing to empathize not only with the injured and the outcast, but with those who hate and injure and bully. Okay, let's breathe on that for a moment. I know when I was writing, I had to stop and look at what I wrote and said, did you really write that? And where are you going with that? And I said, yes, Spirit, where are you going with that? I mean, I'm not saying we condone or approve thoughts, words, or actions that cause harm or injury. I'm not saying that at all. Far from it, actually. I'm simply raising the question, how willing are we, we who advocate for peace and healing and unity in the world, how willing are we to try to at least understand those who don't advocate for those things, those who would seem to advocate for anything but those things? Are you all still breathing? Okay, I'm just, just checking. I just need to do that so every so often. So if we want to be instruments of peace, we have to know and understand the places, I think, in ourselves where we might discover that hate and the desire to injure dwell. I mean, there's nothing abnormal about feeling very powerful, strong, negative emotions. That just means you're incarnated in human form. So, yay. Okay, check that out. Yes, I'm a human being. However, it is important to, uh, for us to be able to look at ourselves with that observer mind to see if there's any energy pocket or any unkind attitude or belief that we might be holding. And if or when, I'm pretty sure it's when, we find such a thing, then here's a way to address it. 
that doesn't involve beating yourself up. Just acknowledge something like this. I acknowledge the presence of this thought, and I love myself unconditionally. I commit to transforming this thought, and I love myself unconditionally. Something like that. It's a pretty simple formula. The point is to acknowledge, to be willing to transform, and to love. You know, you're not a bad person because you have bad thoughts. You're just a person. Or, as I actually prefer to say, you're just an individualized and magnificent expression of the creative power of the universe. That feels much better to me than I'm just a person. So let's affirm that. I am an individualized expression of the creative power of the universe. Together, I am an individualized expression of the creative power of the universe. Okay, I like that. So my contention is that when we engage in a process of this, of just being aware of what's in us and loving ourselves anyway and holding that vision of a better way of being, that we will all be in a better position to understand and maybe even constructively engage with those whom we consider to be the haters and the injurers. Because we will know something about ourselves, that some of those energies that we perceive are out there are in here too. And we will know that we are capable and, and, and uh, deserving of love. Even them too. Oi. Those people too are individualized expressions of the creative power of the universe. I mean, that's the great work, folks. That is the great work to de-otherfy the other. We will spend a lifetime doing it. And we're, gonna get, we're getting lots of practice these days, aren't we? But through the power of spirit within, we're bigger than that. And while we can still acknowledge in our hearts and in our being there's, that we might have some real negativity. So we can know two things at the same time. That's what, one of the great things about new thoughts. That we are encouraged to know ourselves in our totality. Not to beat ourselves up, but to recognize, wow, you're pretty darned awesome. And you are a creator of a world that works for everyone. The prayer goes on, O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is giving that we receive, and it is in, uh, pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is die in dying that we are born to eternal life. And from that internal experience of empathy, really, the prayer now moves into some sort of external action. Or I like to say, love in action, because it fits better with our core values. Uh, and it does so with the lines, it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning. You see there's action being taken, action in the outer world. But I want to talk for just a moment on this idea of it is in giving that we receive. So to be love in action, not just to have it, but to be it, to do it, love in action, to give of oneself, one's time and one's talent and one's treasure in a meaningful way, um, there are some things we can do about that. And that merely means get involved in the world. 
You know, here at Unity of Fairfax, we are a couple, we do that in a lot of different ways. I mean, a lot of different ways. But I briefly would like to mention too, you know, we, we talk about our programs of spiritual education and spiritual practice and, and spiritual service, that sort of thing. But I want to briefly mention two of the areas in which this community lives its mission and lives this core value. And these are just two of many ways. One of the ways is through our compassionate community service team. You know, this idea of empathy has moved this community to have this team that um, is uh, engaged in programs of service, as diverse as our recent Bright Paths Food Bridge program fundraiser, to hypothermia prevention program in the wintertime, to food drives, to back-to-school drives for kids going back to school. We've hosted homelessness forums. We do angel tree to make sure Santa visits everybody in this area. We've provided Thanksgiving meals to make sure everybody has at least one 6,000-calorie meal a year. I mean, it's a really wonderful way to live the mission and be active and engaged in the world. So visit our community service team page on our website. Find out ways you can get involved or on the atrium afterwards, just talk to Sharon Sobel. She'll tell you everything you need to know. And then we have our social justice work that we do here. You know, I sometimes say that, that service looks at the symptoms, justice addresses the cause. So moved by this same empathy, our social justice team seeks to educate our community about the root causes of injustice in the world and provide avenues for addressing those. And most recently, you might recall that in March, the, the team hosted a program with Michelle Singletary, author of the Washington Post column, The Color of Money. And her program in March was based on her series of articles, Dear Michelle, in which she addressed systemic racism on the economic lives of black people in this country. It was brilliant. And that team also welcomes your participation. So I want to close this series on the core values of unity of Fairfax by highlighting that when we understand our core values as individuals and as a community, then we can create the structure of our lives that will give us direction and most importantly, will allow us to know and claim our freedom to have life and have it abundantly, as Jesus said, to make a positive and constructive impact in the world and to live in such a way that we know ourselves at the core of our being as true instruments of Spirit's divine inspiration in the world, unfettered and complete. So on this July 4th, this Independence Day holiday when we are celebrating so many things, I invite you to celebrate yourself because you are the greatest gift you can give to the world, without which this world would be incomplete. So if nobody else tells you this today, I just want to say thank you for being you. Peace be with you and namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, 
every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.